Batman. Welcome, everyone. I've heard that song before. What's that from? It's from Batman. It's from Batman. Batman. Um, that was John Williams, I think. Yep. Yeah. John Williams score. Nice. Uh, all right. Uh, greetings, dropheads. Hey, good reference. Yeah. Good reference. Hey, um, did any of you, uh, you guys know that that website from the movie is a real website? Ooh, I'm going to go look. I did well, go I'm there. I'm there now. I tried to cut. I tried my hand at a couple of the riddles. Okay. Maybe you can help us. I'm going to read the riddle just a second. No city is eternal, not even Gotham. An empire falls, but this world still rings true. Wow, I don't know. Well, so this one was one of the, the ones that actually showed up for me when I did it. I think there's, yeah, okay, what, what's the answer? Uh, Veritas. Veritas. It's a James O'Keefe reference. Oh, geez. <laughs> James O'Keefe. <laughs> <laughs> Pro- Project Verit. Well, yeah, I mean, the Riddler kind of was Project Veritas, wasn't yeah, he? He was. Yeah, it's very topical. Yeah, I felt uh, the- very seen. Okay, here's another <laughs> one. The famous crave me. Others protect themselves from me. No matter how you define me, I always end with certainty. Would you read it? Would you read it again? The famous crave me. Others protect themselves from me. No matter how you define me, I always end with certainty. So when I saw this, I thought it was like, uh, you know, like attention or a spotlight or something. Right. But it was exposure. exposure. I don't think I don't think that's a good riddle. So I, I think oh, it's it the ends sure in certainty. Part. Sure. Sure. Right. Certainty. Yeah, but yeah. No, it's a bad riddle. You're right. <laughs> Come on. Thank Riddler. you. Thank at you. Least, yeah, at least not one to like kill somebody over. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did not make the film uh, can i just say the the website rata alada that bugged me through the entire movie speaking spanish because i'm like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> yeah well, did you feel yeah. vindicated uh when penguin oh spoiler no. sorry no, no yeah well we, it, we don't do spoiler just spoil away it doesn't work either way i just hate the like it's not how you would say it it doesn't how mean would you say mean. it Alas is well. I guess okay. Alada is like winged. Okay, never mind. It's fine. Uh, but it's okay. like <laughs> you would say you would say rata con alas. You wouldn't say rata alada. Like that's weird. Mm. All right. The, All right. Last winged. Last yeah. uh, last riddle. Well, it shouldn't be a controversial policy. Many of Gotham's elite prefer to do the opposite of what is best. That's a weird riddle. It's super weird. Is that actually the riddle? Is there a question? It says it just has a question mark. While it shouldn't be a controversial policy, many of Gotham's elite prefer to do the opposite of what is best. Ethics? <laughs> I don't know. Is it like a is it like a drink your Ovaltine, like go get vaccinated? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we failed the Riddler's test. So Shoot. now all we have to now we can just talk about his movie and uh, see how it goes. All right, hey, okay, welcome guys, um, uh, or as I say, welcome dropheads. Anyone have anything they they want to promote? Uh, okay, I mean, uh, you can look at the Substack. You can join Exit. You can uh, sign up for the Exit newsletter, etc. Okay, and Exit I'll put all the US. I'll put all the links in there. Uh, Bennett is a is a guy who's up to a lot of stuff right now. 
Uh, if you're listening to this, you, you almost certainly already know who he is. So, uh, so, you know, join one of his things, sign up for his sub stack. Thank you. Um, okay. Wait, I have a thing. Oh, you have a thing. Let's hear the uh, thing. Join, join the weekly Haas Patreon. There's oh, no yeah. content and no benefit to it, but it does exist. Does it cost money? Yeah. $5. Hmm. I, th- I think people should join it. Yeah. I'll, I'll put the link. Okay. Thank you. Start making content though. Can yeah. I just like put my Venmo account up there? I guess. Sure. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll send that over. Donate away. Yeah. Um, we're yeah, hustlers uh, out here. We're grinding. That, that was, that was Casey, by the way. Uh, so if anyone, you know, I'm going to put Casey's Venmo in the, in the <laughs> description. And if he doesn't get at least $10, going to kill the district attorney <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that we might as well that's a good good time to welcome casey um anything the audience should know about you casey um i worked for many years freelance in the film industry as a director of photography um, oh nice so this is uh, yeah it's a great opportunity to talk about a thing that i love and i appreciate being here cool um and then Haas, of course, is here, you know, join his Patreon. Uh, once he gets to $1,000 a month, he'll start creating uh, content. That's right. Um, <laughs> Can I ask Casey a question? Yeah, please do. So, so you're uh, you're like involved with like the cinematography side of things then, right? That's what director of photography would Correct, be? yeah. Okay, because I want to talk about that. So I'll save it. But... Oh, man, I'll nerd out. Let's do it. Yeah. Casey, you might know this already, but... Uh, we do a little thing where we try and guess the Rotten Tomato score, uh, mm-hmm. both parts, the, the critic and the audience score. Um, I'll let you go first. What, what do you think the score is right now? If you, ha- if you haven't checked. I have not checked um, somewhat in anticipation for this. I have listened to uh, both your Dune and your, um, the other one. That- Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Thank you. Nice. Um, so I'm going to say that critic score for the Batman is at 72% and audience score is sitting at 89%. 72, 89. Okay. Uh, Bennett, you go next. I, you, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm right there. I, I would say just for the sake of like letting one of us win 75, 85, 75, 85 Haas. I'm going for an interesting uh, call today. I'm going to say 80 for critic and 80 for audience. Mm. 80, 80 vision. Um, well, anyone, any rationale for why you picked the numbers you did? Anyone? I have some. I think I think it's a good movie, so I think critics will be okay with it. Like, like it, it, it's not like it's going to be bad on Rotten Tomatoes thing too often. Mm. Um. You know, it's it's white privilege Batman too, so they've got like reason to love it. Yeah. And so, um, and then the audience, I think, likes it. I th- I've heard mostly positive things, but I do think it's not going to be so high because uh, with comic book stuff, there's always kind of like detractors out there. Mm-hmm. All right. So the actual answer is eighty-five, eighty-eight. Oh. So. Are, are we doing prices right rules or yeah so under those rules uh mm. haas, no, no no actually I, I, I just do closest so haas was the closest on the critic at, he had 80 
Um, and then that means Casey was closest on the audience because he had 89. Mm-hmm. So it was 85, 88. Uh, it's pretty, pretty dang high. Um, it is high. And pretty universal. So, um, yeah, this this movie cost, uh, from what I saw, about two hundred million. As of right now, you know, it's been out what, like three weeks or something. It's at six hundred million. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's good for pan post pandemic. I think it's not like as good as like those Marvel billion yeah, dollar I th- thingies. But I think it's quite a bit behind the the new the newest Spider Man. But mm. in I terms, I don't think DC ever quite does as well as Marvel, though. They're tonally very. Yeah, wrong audience, I think. Yeah. yeah, Marvel tends to be more open to to like the under thirteen audience, and uh, Mexican people love Marvel. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, is that, is that true? Yeah, like they love Spider Man and like all of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, just a little little history on this, uh, getting this movie made. Uh, and actually Haas and I, like a couple weeks ago, we did like a little preview. We, we talked just kind of about the back, the Batman franchise over the last 30 years. And we reviewed the trailer for this movie. And we, we, we talked about how this was originally developed for Ben Affleck. He was going to, he was, he originally had agreed to write, direct and star in in a new Batman franchise. Uh, but it sounds like that didn't really work out. He, he bailed. Um, and it was uh, mostly filmed in the UK, a little bit in Chicago. And of course, this is one of the, the handful of uh, movies that has tried to succeed at being created and released during COVID. All right, with that, let's jump into it. Uh, first, I wanted to touch on, just the just like at a thirty thousand foot perception, uh, was this movie any good? Did you guys like it? And, and kind of what did what would you say it was about? I loved it. Um, and I would say, basically, my my thesis is that this is an unreliable filmmaker in in the in the vein of an unreliable narrator in a story. That um, the the filmmaker had a lot of things that he wanted to say that he had to wink and nod at. Um, and then, and then he had to conclude by like wrapping it up in the sort of pat conclusions that he needed to come to, to get this film made. But he really wants you to see how stupid those conclusions are and how like, obviously they don't have the answers. And so, I mean, I was just going to say the two, the first two acts are way too smart and way too like aware of the zeitgeist and like the, like the, the actual cool smart people with real ideas in, in the, in the country right now, it, it was, it was too aware of those people to then fall apart into like, what if we just voted blue? Like, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice if we all just voted blue? Yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that. Um, but that's uh, yeah okay that's an interesting take and I know you I know you put that out there on uh, on Twitter dot com. Um, what about uh, what about you, Haas? Um, I'm all in. I'm all in on the Batman. Uh, best Batman movie. Yes. 
seconded. So, and I, we, we did kind of message a little bit about this, so I will qualify it that obviously we've got the dark Knight looming in the, in the uh, past, right? Which is definitely a good movie as well. And I would say uh, kind of my general take, right. As it sits right now. And I've only seen the movie once and I really enjoyed it is that um, this is the best Batman movie. Best best we've seen of anything related to Batman dark Knight may be a better movie, but uh, as far as Batman goes, the detective, the kind of noir uh, aspect of it um, kind of the, the, the feel of it is, is, is excellent. So that's, that's my um, small short take on, on this one. And I can explain more later. Yeah. I'm going to have, we're going to do, we, I will not be surprised if half of this discussion turns into the Batman versus the Dark Knight. Um, but yeah, I have a, I have a lot to say in response to that. Um, Casey, what what do you think? Um, well, I had the opportunity to watch this movie with the Good Doctor, and he mentioned as we left the theater that um, this was the best Batman movie, and so I've been mulling over that. Um, almost nonstop with like the, uh, the theme music in the background in my head. Yeah. Um, it's like literally kept me awake at night. I was going to say sleep was a burden. Eating was a burden. You just, <laughs> all you could think about was Batman. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, except you've never met me. So eating was as delightful as always. Um, I, I do that in the same, in those situations. <laughs> um, I, it's not the best Batman movie. Um, it is a fantastic movie and it has the potential to begin a trilogy that will absolutely be the best trilogy. Um, I think the dark Knight um, is, is just unequivocally uh, a better movie because it is uncompromising in the director and the writer's messaging and their themes and their ideas. Uh, we, we are, well, Casey, Casey and I are very much on the same wavelength. Uh, let me, let me find this part in my notes. we, we, we we will go back to the Dark Knight thing kind of in the second half of the of the episode here, but I said, I'll just read my note. Not as good as the Dark Knight, but the Dark Knight had the benefit of another movie preceding it. Mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. see the follow-up to the Batman, yeah, to the Batman being really incredible. So I could see, yeah, I could see this next one or the third one uh, being being even better. And I think... It's a it's a point well taken about the dissociated character of of there's clearly more than one voice in this movie. And the Dark Knight is all Christopher Nolan. I think I think what Christopher Nolan had to say was maybe a little less interesting to me than what this movie has to say. But the fact that that messaging is undercut by either either studio interference or anticipation of studio interference uh i I think i think that's a fair point that it's it's it weakens it yeah yeah and i think uh bennett and i are on the same team versus casey and granite but this isn't wwe we didn't stage this this is good we have the (laughs) um but but yeah like um i think i think that is a good point uh although i would still say this just um 
uh, kind of like I was saying, it's a better Batman movie. And when I think of Batman, I want to, I want kind of a crime fighting superhero and a detective. Right. Mm. And uh, so like, I'm big on going into movies expecting like, w- like wanting what the movie is offering, I guess, if that makes sense. And so I think this really delivers on all the Batman cylinders Whereas the Dark Knight is kind of like, and and I'm gonna have to pull out my anti Nolan card, which I end up doing on every one of these podcasts. <laughs> but he has points to make, and and yeah, he's definitely got this vision. But it's kind of like okay, like it's kind of just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a cool point, I guess. Well, but like um, I have a I have a response specifically to the uh, to that to that distinction you made about best Batman movie, but maybe not best, but maybe not better movie, but, but we'll, we will get into that. Um, we, we have, I have a lot of time carved out for that. Uh, but at this point I wanted to jump into the casting. Um, it's, I mean, we all liked the movie, so I said it should go to say that we all liked, uh, uh, Rob, Robert, uh, Pattinson as, uh, as Batman. Is everyone in agreement there? Edward was great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think I think I can probably get everybody on board with him being the best Batman. Uh, probably, probably. I, I have a hard time remembering, you know, like Kilmer, and he only did one movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe Kilmer is. You think the it best. was Kilmer? Yeah, it was Kilmer. <laughs> uh, well, I just mean Kilmer, and, and it, it definitely wasn't Clooney, and it was, you know, yeah. I mean, I can go with that. I I, I do so, love Batfleck, however. Uh, I'm going to say that's alternate timeline Batman. So I will give you uh, mm-hmm. that. He, yes, uh, the Batman, our current one is the best Batman. There, this so, will, this ties into my argument that I'll do later, but there's, there is, there's a case for bail in a way, but it, I'll, we'll do that later. I'll, I'll get I into that later. I can't, I can't do the growling, man. The growling sucks so bad. <laughs> it's also so bad. Um, what, what about as Bruce Wayne? Because I actually loved him as Bruce Bruce Wayne, the uh, uh, Edward, like the Playboy. Oh, oh, uh, oh, oh, Edward. No, okay. yeah, like because because um, Christian Bale is kind of like acting like uh, like Bruce Wayne, like the character's supposed to kind of come across as kind of fake. Well, he's right? being, he's being American Psycho, he's, right? Yeah, he's like doing exactly a character. Doing. Whereas uh, in this one. Um, the son of a you know a billionaire in this dystopian uh, city is like a weird reclusive like incel nerd guy. Yeah, and I <laughs> yeah. loved that. I love that. Take so much on it. more, which is so like, which is so much more in harmony with, and that's that's why I think he's the best Batman is because Christian Bale, he's he's so socially adept that he can like put on this like layers within layers facade of what he wants to present out into the world. And we're also supposed to believe that this guy who's so competent and so capable is like, I'm, I'm going to dress up as a bat. And I think, I think what, what this, what this guy does really well, what, what Pattinson does really, really well is he's weird. He's like, like this is the first filmmaker I think who's, who's tackled the franchise you know, in, in every single Batman movie, somebody calls Batman a freak, right? And it just doesn't land it. Like, it doesn't make sense because there's nothing freakish about him. Like, he's he's kind of cool and, and, like, in charge and, and, and macho. 
And this is like, oh no, this is like an actually broken person who like is dealing with stuff. Well, I so I don't not normal. I don't care about like lore and the comic books, but I will, I'm, I'm going to make an appeal to them. Maybe you guys probably know them better than I do, but in the comics and stuff, isn't, isn't Batman like that? Isn't Bruce Wayne doing some of that stuff that Bale does as like the cheesy billionaire? Oh, well, I mean the franchise has been around for, you know, older than your grandpa. So they handled depend it, they on handled what like a dozen ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've done it. And, and I actually don't care either. Like, like who cares what the comics do, but this was like a really interesting take on like what a billionaire's son whose parents died when he was young would be like, you know, and he's like scribbling in his notebook in all caps and double underlining it and spray painting the floor. And like, he's got the, the drippy mascara and he's right. He's kind of emo. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we like Rob. We um, Rob. All right. Then next we're going to go on to uh to the Catwoman, um, what's her name? Zoe Kravitz. Your um, favorite person. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm vocal and not liking her uh, very much. <laughs> um, I mean, I think she's fine, but I, but there were some other names attached to this role. We'll get into that in a minute. So, if you guys want to sing her praises, I'll let you do that. But yeah, then we can. Yeah, Granite is a avowed anti Kravite, as we yeah. know. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I I'm all in. I never really cared for her. I liked her in Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, she's, but she's awesome in this. Best Catwoman ever. Way better than what's her face from The Dark Knight Rises, and way better than Holly Berry, of course. <laughs> but so okay, and and you know Michael Keaton, Batman, you are missing one. Yes. Does get short shrift. Okay. Um. I feel like Michelle Pfeiffer was a super interesting, and she's more like the deranged Catwoman, um, which again, you know, makes more sense. But uh, yeah, this this one felt kind of flat to me. Like so, so her her uh, interesting choice of words. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but but her 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 lesbian lover is is kidnapped. And she spends exactly like eight seconds being upset about that. Right. So she is um, supposed to be a lesbian, right? Well, that's actually She's something bi. that I wanted to actually ask you guys about, but we can come back to that later. If that's well, I wasn't sure. Cause like that, I thought the same thing. I'm like, Oh, she's just kind of, a, I guess a little upset. Her friend died. Zoomers don't put labels on things. Huh? Yeah. Actually they do. They love labels. Love is fluid or whatever. Gender fluid. Um, any other thoughts on her? Well, did you guys believe the relationship or the attraction, I guess, between uh, Batman no. and Catwoman? No, that I have that in my notes. It's a kind of like the primary problem. There's like no... no See, chemistry. I kind of did. I was like, yeah, the Bat guy is kind of like, ooh, I like this girl. She's kind of... you know. That's she... another thing is he, is, he, is he creeps on her while she's changing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... Because uh, he's kind of like a loner loser guy. He's and like then... a friggin' weirdo, and it's good. And it's I think good. he's just excited that a girl was talking to him. Uh, yeah, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I and I I really like that take, but, and and I think I think she's interesting. Yeah, I'm not I'm not mad about the romance, and I and I will say, um, they have this like they have this like swooning, um, like theme from the Godfather type music playing whenever the two of them are, are on, in a scene together. And I was, I was kind of 
Oh, you're cutting out. You're on mute for some reason. Oh, I'll hop in. I was just going to say, I, I liked her physicality. Like, I felt like I kind of believed her as a cat burglar. Whereas, like, I didn't believe um, uh, the Nolan one. Or Well, she's certainly Michelle very small. Either. And she, When so she's, like, I, doing the, the flips and the gymnastics and all of that. I liked that that wasn't over the top. And I think just in general, the realism of this, like, the fact that he's got his, like, glider suit that doesn't really work. Um, and he kind of gets his ass beat. Oh, I think yeah, I have a strong. take on that. Uh, I really loved that, like, he made mistakes. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it was just kind of interesting to see the glider yeah. suit being one of those. But like, real, yeah. real quick, I'm going to I'm going to claim the last word on the uh, Zoe thing. Um, I would say she did. I would say the the chemistry wasn't there. But I mean, it sounds like most people are. I, I'm in the minority on this. Speaking of minorities, it's a shame how Christopher Nolan treated Zoe. Uh, apparently he did not want to work with her. I don't know. He said no blacks. Yep. He, <laughs> a man in 20, 2008 Hollywood or whatever said, <laughs> sorry. Nope. Uh, all right. So then, uh, then we have uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson as commissioner Gordon. How'd you guys feel about that one? Yeah. Good. <laughs> I didn't hate him. I didn't hate him. Uh, you know, uh, whatever, Gary Oldman, he's all right. But this guy no. was good. Gary Oldman was great. You take that back. <laughs> so this guy, yeah, his name's actually Jeffrey Wright. I, I thought he was pretty good. Um, the right amount of humor, the right amount of, like, he was He was a very, like, ground-level, like, yeah. earthy character that I thought the rest of the, the rest of the situation really needed. I like when he said, man, he's like, I don't even know your real name, man. <laughs> at at um, first, his delivery um, was kind of off-putting to me. He has kind of like this staccato way he delivers lines. Um, but as the movie went on, I kind of realized more and more how this is just like neo-noir. Um, uh-huh. And the way that he, the way that his dialogue is written and the way that he delivers his lines is very appropriate for, you know, the police uh, chief guy. Um and I, th- I thought he fit really well. Uh, what'd you guys think about Penguin? If if you would have said that was uh, Colin Farrell and not told me, I would not have known. Blew my mind. Yeah, that was a shock. Yeah, that was a shock. Yeah, um, I, I thought he was fine. I'm on record as a, as saying it didn't need to be Colin Farrell. Like, I'm not. I mean, I think a lot of guys could have done that role. Um, but uh, something interesting I read. He said he said he was trying to. Uh, he got inspiration from from Brando's Godfather to for that role. I know, and I know we're not talking beyond casting, but I I don't know if you guys noticed the little scene when he had been kind of cuffed and the then penguin they penguin waddle. Yeah, he wasn't the penguin. <laughs> oh, he did a little that was penguin waddle to me. Oh, that by was... the way, I I read my uh, notes wrong. It not it wasn't Brando's God. It was um he Fredo. I guess he wanted he was channeling Frodo okay. from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> not uh, not yeah yeah Frodo. Frodo Corleone. Oh, Fre- Fredo, who's who's not like people say, like dumb. I think it's John John Cazale or Cazale or whatever. Yeah. Um, the you know the one they have to kill. Yeah, I had I had no issues with the makeup though. Like it was believable the whole time that he was a real person. Like yeah. Yeah. his yeah. his gold tooth was not ostentatious, but it really kind of sold the look. I I like the penguin. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known it was Colin Farrell. Um, and then uh, for uh, the Riddler. Um, I'm a, I'm kind of a longtime fan of Paul Dano. Um, I, I thought he was a good pick. I think, um, 
he did some interesting things with his voice. Uh, it kind of felt like he was hunting for a, a kind of like a trademark. Um, so he's doing like that crazy voice stuff. I think he was a little underutilized. Uh, but what do you guys think? I really like him. I think uh, he plays that kind of character well. That seems to be kind of his bread and butter is creepy, probably bad guy. Yeah, um, school shooter, real school shooter vibes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think he did great. As far as underutilizing, I, I can't say I disagree. However, it's like just kind of the nature of the script is that he can't be in it too much until he is, I guess. Yeah. He said for uh, for prep, he um, prep, prepping for the role, He not the medication, but um, prepping for the role, he uh, read serial killer books in public. He said because they were too spooky to read alone, so he'd go in public and read them, which which makes him sound kind of creepy. So creepy. I thought you I thought you were going to reference the fact that he didn't have sex for two weeks. <laughs> Wait, did he say that? Yeah, there was some there was some article. I don't. I think it was probably fake, but it was like in pre- preparation for the role of the incel Riddler. He didn't have sex for two <laughs> two whole weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, interestingly, the the role, partly why he was cast and partly some of what he was channeling was kind of a rehash of his role uh, playing Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys. So he oh. was he was still using some of his some of that Beach Boys insanity. I thought you were going to say he was doing a rehash of the Weekly Hoss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough. Let's can we can we dive into this? Yes. Let's do it. What's your weekly Haas take? Explain for the <laughs> folks at home what the weekly Haas. So, just um, so as some of you know, Haas did a, a, a video program where he, he still does wear, it. It's just on hiatus. It's on hiatus. He would <laughs> he would wear a bandana and a, a cowboy hat, and you know he would change them around and get fun with it. But he did these very. Um, he did these very strongly gesticulating videos in front of the camera where like he would kind of get his face up into the camera. I had and, nearly 500 followers. And he had, he had almost real fringe types. He had, he had almost <laughs> 500 followers. <laughs> and, um, and I, and the whole movie I'm thinking, I, I, I cannot wait to do this to Haas on the air. I cannot wait to just <laughs> inflict this on him because it, it was so good. Like I, I honestly, the whole movie, I was thinking like they, like they know about us, like they know about us in particular. Haas would, um, would like seven of your most devoted fans go to, uh, <laughs> energy solutions arena. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's really hard to muster that, that many devoted fans. So 500, if they're actually going to show up, you know, that's that's actually an, an impressive feat, even though I did laugh at that line, and which was probably unintentional in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually kind of so I, I don't know if we're allowed to get into this yet. Granted, it's so restrictive. But so my take is that the Riddler in this film is a comic book movie fan. So he's a Marvel fan. <laughs> and and um, that's that's what this like part of this movie, I feel like, is kind of a repudiation of kind of comic book fandom and like uh, somewhat how, you know, they would say it's toxic or something like that. 
um and how like kind of the dregs of society so like your redditors it's more <laughs> the redditor riddler than anything else than than like an incel right-wing twitter guy okay but he's like the the worst people in society see themselves as the batman you know it's it's like the the soy wojack guy wearing a captain america shield shirt or something like that you know mm -hmm. what i mean and that's yeah. who the riddler is okay Got um it. We'll, we'll, we can get into that more later. I'm going to jump into real. I'm just going to kind of rush through this real quick, but you guys can comment on any, any part of this. Uh, John Tuturo as the, uh, as Falcone. Uh, at first I was like, this is kind of dumb. Like I don't, I, I, I like him a lot, but I didn't think this was a, a good role for him. But by the end, I thought he was a kind of a good mob guy and I wouldn't mind seeing him in like a, a normal mob movie. Um, Andy circus. I was, uh, I was, I really liked Kane's Alfred a lot. I think circus tries to do a lot of the same things like in that, um, old man mentor role. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was fine. Um, and then, yeah, I was kind of lukewarm on, uh, on Alfred in this one. Yeah. And then, uh, so at the end they have, you know, like the teaser of, of the Joker and they've cast this kid, Barry Keegan or whatever his name is. Um, that to me is an interesting signal when, when they're casting some, I'll call him a lightweight. I mean, he's probably a good actor, but he's, you know, he's kind of a nobody. Uh, it's like you've had uh, Phoenix, um, Joaquin Phoenix do the Joker recently. It was like very iconic performance. You've had Ledger do it, very iconic performance. Then you've had those like Jared Leto ones, which no one likes, but um, you had these, these two guys who were like, who nailed it in their own way. Uh, and so this, this to me felt like them saying, uh, we're not going to try and compete with Ledger and Phoenix. Like we, we just know we can't. So we're yeah. going to just hire this kid who's, who's, you know, not a big deal, but he, he, and it's also telling me that Joker and whatever movie they introduce him in will not be kind of like the, the big baddie. He'll be like, maybe like just one of many bad guys. I, th so, uh, I liked Falcone. I thought he was, uh, he was another like taste of, reality to inject into because like there's a lot of there's a lot about this movie that's stylized um like penguin is a super weird guy he's a super weird character and um he's he's hammy and i thought it was really good to have carmine be um he's like complicated he's amiable um and he's yeah i liked him a lot and then uh circus Circus was working great for me right up until, and this wasn't even, this wasn't Circus's fault, but that scene where um, Batman like explains all of his feelings and like what he's going through and really like art, like he just articulates everything out loud. Um, that scene kind of deflated that relationship for me, but I do have this like obsession that I'm kind of chewing on about um, the ways that the ways that subordinates can in can can come to view themselves and their identity as like part of the people that they serve and so when he's passing on the wayne cufflinks and and batman says are you a wayne and he says your father gave those to me like there's a there's a very interesting message there you see the same thing in dune which we already talked about but but i thought um the way that he chose to play and then it was kind of implied that he um taught bruce how to like he's the source of bruce's combat abilities which um <clears throat> he definitely 
like I guess I guess in this he's less butler and he's more like chief of security mm-hmm. in the family because like it's his job to go to keep them safe and track down the killer and everything and he's got this like rolled up sleeves like kind of pugnacious dwarfy kind of look to him and so I thought that was a cool take. Um, real quick, I know uh, Bennett, you're a leftovers fan. Did you recognize the the twin bouncers? Oh no way. They're the, they're the two twin dorks from uh, Leftovers. Oh, all right, cool. All right, any other comments on the main the main castings? Um, maybe maybe this is related, but tangentially, just because we mentioned kind of how it it's like almost more real than the Nolan Batmans, but it, at the same time, the universe is much more in this kind of magical place. But mm-hmm. But everything's kind of at least grounded in in the reality of that universe, I guess. So, like, I kind of liked that balance where it was like, you know, they didn't play the 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 penguin as a silly guy, you know, and yeah. and the Catwoman just had some cats. She wasn't a cat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, and it, and I feel like it, in another franchise it would have been like fifty cats, and in this one it's like three cats. Yeah, that right. was like one of the like four jokes in the movie where he's like, "You got a lot of cats," right? Um, here, so I think these, this is interesting if you guys have not seen this already, but some of the, um, alternative castings that were, were, were considered, um, for, for the main role of Batman, uh, they were looking at Nicholas Holt, who you'd recognize him, but I, I don't really know much about him. Uh, Armin, about a boy and beast from the X-Men, the, that's uh, right. the like seventies X-Men. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, and then they, they got Army Hammer, who's like the guy, you know, he's the Winklevoss twin. Um, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I don't, not really sure who he is. Who was the last one you said? Aaron Taylor Johnson. I, I've, I've heard his name, but I don't know who he is. Oh, I, I know who that is. He was kick, kick A, as I call him. <laughs> um, and he's, uh, he looks like Nim. Uh, all right. Um, okay. So then for, this was interesting. Jonah Hill was in talks to do either the Riddler or the, or Penguin, but he wanted ten million dollars, and Pattinson was only making five, so they were not able to make a deal with him. But it sounds like they wanted him, and he wanted to do it. Do you guys? How, how do you feel about that? Would that have been? It's a better movie because that he wasn't in it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. I like Jonah Hill. Distracting. But yeah, it would have been distracting. Yeah, Colin Farrell did great. I felt like the Penguin was one of the best characters in this. So, yeah, but he was also up for Riddler. So, but I think he would have been a weird Riddler too. Yeah. Um, all right, now here's the here's the kicker for the Selena Kyle role. Um, there's there's five names. I'll I'll just focus on two of the names because I don't really know who three of them are. There was Anna de Armas was apparently had apparently auditioned for the role and Alicia Vikander Vikander who if you don't remember her she was the, she's the robot from Ex Machina or oh. however you however you say that personally I would be intrigued by either of those I, I would have probably liked to see either of those oh I, I feel like I could take them or leave them I, I feel like Zoe did a great job um, yeah this is this is white privilege Batman so I think Zoe Kravitz makes more sense they also had Zazie Beats, you know her? Kind of. Who? Um, she's in a bunch of stuff. You'd recognize her. Is but, it Zazie um, or is it Zazie? 
I've heard it Zazie, but whatever. Like she didn't the get the Oz question. Yeah, she didn't get the role, so forget it. All right, let's uh, let's jump into a little more of the meaty stuff. Wait, can can I tell you that uh, Zazie Beats is a German American actress, according to Google? Yeah, that's all. Um, yeah, she is. She was Domino, right, in uh, Deadpool two. Yeah, looks that way. Okay. She's in Donald Glover's TV show. She's like his girlfriend, which is actually a pretty good show. Uh, Atlanta on the FX network. Um, Anna de Armas, I'm just going to say not urban enough. Mm-hmm. Not nearly. Hmm. All right. I, I don't like, know. I don't buy her as like, as like, uh, the, the child of a, of a, of a stripper that is like living in a crappy apartment. Like she's just too fancy. Yeah. She was fancy, but good at, uh, do good at the action scenes in that bond movie but uh all right let's jump into the uh the movie we um since anyone who's listening to this should have already watched the movie or they just don't care you know we don't care about spoilers or anything um and we won't like summarize the plot we'll just jump into it uh i wanted to talk about the riddler uh and his his diagnosis of gotham um so kind of from my perspective and probably the Riddler's perspective, Gotham is basically a failed state. It can't, uh, can't, you know, it cannot ensure law and order. Uh, so what, where exactly did the Riddler go wrong? What, what did he get right? And what did he get wrong? Well, so, and that's kind of the big twist. This is the big spoiler of the show is he wasn't going after Batman, right? He wasn't the villain going after the hero. He thought Batman was on his side, right? So that's that's kind of where I got my take of, you know, he is the comic book movie fan and he thinks he is the hero saving the world, uh, you know, and then. But yeah, that that's kind of where is he wrong, though? Where where is he not? Because his so. So, I mean, I, th- I think the, the fundamental question that he gets wrong is he th- he's he thinks Batman's smarter than he is. He, ba- basically. I, I don't I don't think that he's um, assuming Batman's on his side. I think that and, and there's a reason why the movie opens with um, Batman dealing with like a mugging and like some kids playing the knockout game, some white kids playing the knockout game. Let's be clear. And um, <laughs> and the, the reason behind that is the his whole journey is to wake up to like, this isn't about street crime. This isn't about like muggings. And I think what the Riddler is doing is not like, hey, I assume Batman's on my side. I think he's like, hey, Batman, let's point you and your talents in the direction of the actual problem. And um, what what he gets wrong about Batman is that Batman's basically a dummy. And he's like, well, well what if we just... Uh, what if we just help first responders and, and, and vote for vote for the Democrat? <laughs> Which she's kind of an interest. The, the politician is kind of an interesting creation because she's we we the only real policy position we get from her during that debate uh, or policy indication. She's, she's tough like on crime. Yeah, she's tough on crime. She's the uh, she's like the uh, yeah law and order candidate, but she's also like the Democrat. So. Um, sometimes movies do that. They kind of well, like, and then, and then her other policy position is that Bruce Wayne should be giving her, her more of his money. Yeah. <laughs> because the billion dollars wasn't enough. 
that his that his father gave, right? Right to the renewal fund that everybody knows isn't doing anything. Yeah. Um, so the answer is more money. Right. The the one thing I do think Bella Real is a dumb character, but um, it was almost like too on the nose that like she's she's real, she's real, like yeah, or, you know what I mean? Like, so how could it not be intentional? You know, that's, well, I was my, wondering that's if... my unreliable filmmaker. Yeah, he's like, look how freaking stupid this thing is. Look how just dumb this is. I know there's the there's so that word that there's real, but there's also like royal, right? I don't speak uh, Spanish, but isn't doesn't that mean royal? Yeah, yeah. Is that some sort of foreshadow? Does she want to be like? Is she a tyrant? Or I don't something? know if she's from the 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 comic books or anything. I, I think she's a new that. creation. I'm just wondering if if it's like an in- indication that she wants a you know monarchical power over Gotham or something. Anyway, any any more thoughts on the Riddler though? Because I I'm 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 kind of trying I'm kind of being obtuse here on purpose, but like they they blow him up and they make him look stupid and crazy in the end, but he's clearly like you know, and and, and Batman's all like, oh, we're gonna <laughs> it's so funny. They they like perp walk Carmine Falcone. Mm-hmm. And, and and Falcone's like laughing about this that he's being perp walked. And um, I I thought they were going to go in a really interesting direction, which is like, okay, but I own the DA and I own the police. And I like, what are you, who are you perp walking me in the direction of? Mm-hmm. And yeah. instead he's like, you think you can scare me? And as like, like what? No, I, I think that was written differently originally. Um, because there's a, there's a much more interesting point to be made in that scene, which is like this whole thing you're trying to do is stupid. Mm-hmm. So I, if I might just say one thing about the Riddler, um, which I think might maybe has already been said, is that like clearly he's correct, right? Like, uh, um, like Dr. Bennett said, it's he's going after the the people that, you know, if you can if you want to fix the city, you have to go after the high level, you know, corruption. Um, and where he's wrong is that he kept reading the script which then betrays him at the end of the movie by turning him <laughs> into a moron that doesn't follow his own justification for things. He's a great character until he blows up the, the seawall. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, I mean, up until he drives the car into the funeral, uh, potentially, you know, running over people, innocence, um, up until that point, he's literally done nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, the rats in the eyes, no problem with that. Well, he's working <laughs> extra ju- judicially, but it's a like I say, it's a failed state. Like, what is he supposed to do? He can't report anything to anyone. No, nothing, nothing could possibly be done. Right. Well, and isn't that somewhat intentional though? Because because that's what the the Batman's calculation is is what makes me different than the Riddler, right? And and yeah. the idea is the Riddler thinks he is on the same side as the, as the Batman. So. Well, but I mean, they, they like, they, they should be like, they're not, they're not on the same side because Batman's dumb. They're not, it's not that they're not on the same side because the Riddler is evil. They're not on the same side because Batman's stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> should Batman, should Batman have made an appeal to the Riddler and said, uh, I like where you're going brother, but some of these methods are not quite right. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it, other. I mean, it's 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 you know, it's theatrical. I guess I'm sort of outing myself as, as 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 a uh, a deranged incel extremist. Um, we already knew. Just, we already knew this, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just didn't. Um, I didn't feel the least bit bad about all these friggin', you know, kid toucher weirdos getting theirs. Um, and that's it, like it's it. There's there's QAnon footprints all over this. I mean, it's 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 clear fingerprints. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be QAnon. It's supposed to be Epstein, um, and and uh, even even like the the like vehicular manslaughter angle. Like there's clear like it's 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 a very topical movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so I think. Um, Basically, and the point about a failed state is is really what all this hinges on. Like, okay, um, the Riddler's method of of solving this problem, uh, you don't like it. What is your answer? What is your solution? And uh, they don't come up with one, like at all, mm-hmm. except to except to like help firefighters. Well, yeah, that's exactly their solution. Vote for the right people. Become a firefighter. well and i I guess i'm i'm coming at it from kind of just this is a batman movie so the riddler's the bad guy you know like that's just a given and so but what they did with that is okay we're gonna have the riddler be the bad guy why is he riddling number one (laughs) like why would he riddle and then um because he because he hid away from the cruelty of the world in riddles yeah and then why would (laughs) Why would uh, Batman, um, like, why would he be interested in, in, in fighting Batman? And so, like, yeah, it was, I feel like it was a kind of interesting twist on that. But I guess, yeah, if, if, if you want to, uh, you know, go Riddler mode on all the politicians, <laughs> I guess, then, then yeah, this, <laughs> it's kind of a disappointing ending to the character. <laughs> Uh, well, he lives to see another day. I think he can be rehabilitated. Because I think the drama is um, what makes Batman better than a villain, I guess, right? Well, so they're both vigilantes, uh, and they're both right. orphans. They both wear masks. Yes. Um, one was just, I guess, really inspired by the Zodiac Killer. And, and one guy was rich. Yeah. And I, what makes him better is no guns. Yeah, at some kill, point, yeah, in in canon, there's no guns. That's not always true. There's a point in every young orphan's life where they either pick up a book about the Zodiac Killer or they inherit a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, and he was he was very intentionally modeled after Zodiac, like the glasses, Clearly. the, the snipers, yeah, even. The thing that makes uh, the Riddler not very smart, though, is the pictures that get released of people going into the club were taken directly from his window. Yeah. If I were a detective, maybe I would have tried to triangulate who was taking the picture. (laughs) You know? Seems like a pretty easy thing to do. That's actually one of my questions is, uh, are Batman and Gordon good at police work? Better than the other police. Yeah, they're the best. They're the only game in town, really. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's very like I, so. I I did enjoy 
it's it's clearly very stylized detective work fair enough um but i liked that batman's a detective and he's like because he does he's not like he's not like i'm gonna go beat up the riddler's goons and then i'm gonna get to the riddler's lair and i'm gonna beat up the riddler he doesn't physically confront the riddler at all and um most of what he's doing is like he's he's beating up a handful of people just so that he can get into the room to like talk to people and like have conversations and look at things there's there's a clear um he has he has like practical nonviolent goals and the violence is a means to that end. It's not just like I have to go beat up the bad guys, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah, definitely. Like almost in the Nolan Batmans, there's like no detective work being done. And in this, it's it's definitely an element of the movie where, you know, he's at the crime scene, checking out the crime scene. He does the ballistics work in the basement. I mean, he is looking for who the Joker is um, in in the Dark Knight. I feel like that's probably the most detective-y of the three. Mm. It's minimal detectiveness compared yeah, and to it's this. Like, and it's true. a lot of it's a lot of like I have the bazillion dollar machine that can reconstruct the right. bullet and can listen right. to all the phones. It's not right. Like... I press the magic button in the Morgan exactly. Freeman room and I get the answer. <laughs> yes. As opposed to having magical contact lenses that can record everything. Yes. Although well, that is closer to the ground because he has to, it's closer to the ground because he has to actually think about what he's seeing. I know. But the <laughs> magical contact lens is definitely the most comic book element of this, right? But um, I really enjoyed the filmmaking element of the scene where he's watching through Selena's eyes, yeah. Catwoman's <laughs> eyes. And it's like, it, it's a very surreal interesting scene so I, I from a like a director of photography perspective what do you think about that like because that was one of the most interesting scenes to me visually oh i love that too um i i know a lot about uh just because it, it interests me I, like i research a lot about you know what cameras and lenses they shot on but specifically for those scenes um i think they shot those differently they shot them much cleaner than they shot the other things and then kind of applied their you know digital uh, trickery to it but um i thought yeah that was it was interesting yeah to watch him experience a scene through someone else um and have him want things to have happen and then but she has her own agenda that was yeah that was nice. using her as like a proxy was it's actually kind of a nice little expedition or exposition trick because he can explain things to her and he's also explaining mm-hmm. to the audience and the little the little like uh, software on his lenses like has the facial recognition so it tells the audience like that's like the guy he's the da like it's a nice little trick for well well and like specifically he's watching and and sometimes what we see is just a circular view right of what she's seeing and then it ends with her kind of looking up into the mirror at the camera right yeah like, so like i really like i was like oh this is like interesting like they're doing something interesting here with the cinematography. There were other scenes like that. So definitely um, the car chase scene with some of the fixed camera positions on the cars. And also when he shows up in his Batmobile, there's a scene where you kind of get a first person view of Batman inside the car. Like you're watching uh, Gordon walk around the car and the camera's like fixed and panning within the car. Like, 
yeah and then there's like a scene where like you're looking through a mirror as well like there's a lot of like really interesting things done with the camera work that i really enjoyed yeah i can't remember what it was i read but the director said he was one of his big goals was to do this at like eye level of of the batman um so yeah you see a lot of like those uh peeping tom visuals or uh like yeah through his through his uh line of sight or whatever in the opening scene where Riddler's creeping on the mayor too. And you're yeah. seeing kind of through the, through the bushes or the, the, the drapes or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I had a, a question for you guys, Sorry, was someone about to make a point. All right, I, I was just going to say the, uh, the, uh, one of the things about that scene that they sort of, they sort of remark on in this, in the action is, is the male gaze. That's his. That's his first experience with the male gaze because he's uh, he's seeing the the nightclub through Selena's eyes. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see uh, essays being written on that one. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to get into partly because I I had a little bit of confusion around this. I, I think I just kind of zoned out when they were explaining it. But uh, what exactly did Thomas Wayne do that? Uh, can can someone explain the uh, the whole thing there with what what was it that um that Riddler was really claiming Thomas Wayne did had a journalist killed right yeah that there was a journalist who was going to do a hit piece saying Martha Wayne is crazy and then he went and talked to Falcone and said um, hey can you help me out with this and then he ended up killing him okay but the 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 thing the journalist was. The journalist really wanted just wanted to expose that that Martha Wayne was uh, mentally ill, right? So, do we think Thomas, even if it did, if Thomas Wayne actually did order a hit or just order, or asked for help, like did he do the wrong thing? I like that the journalist is a scumbag. He's just a mob goon, um, b- because I despise journalists. Um, but it also but, makes it much more palatable what happens to him. Yeah, 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 it creates that ambiguity because it's like that's that's to me is like outside the the bounds of necessary journalism. Like she's not an elected official, uh, you know, she's just a rich lady, and I, she's a public figure. But yeah, right, it, it's almost like celebrity muckraking is what he yeah, was doing. It, yeah, does the public have a, a a right to know that she's mentally ill? Well, yeah, I like, guess from. And, from the Riddler perspective or the right wing incel perspective, then yeah, uh, Thomas Wayne did nothing wrong. (laughs) I I do like that. I do like that both Andy Serkis and Carmine Falcone insert doubt. Like both of them are like, do I know for certain, you know, like, I'm not sure which, which I think introduces the ambiguity of like, you know, so, so, uh, Alfred's take is that Thomas Wayne was a hero and could do no wrong. And so like it, it, it introduces the idea that, that both Alfred and Carmine may not have all the details of the story and they don't actually know what Thomas Wayne's intentions and motivations were. Like when you tell a mob boss, put the fear of God in this guy, um, what are you really telling him? And, and like, what does that actually mean? And so I, I like that the audience sort of gets to decide who they think Bruce's dad was. Yeah, and the, the QAnon angle is kind of like 
the Riddler just sees corruption and is like, okay, that means he's in on it. So the 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 Wayne Fund was all a lie from the beginning, right? Yeah, it's a it's a little bit messed up though to me because it's like, uh, that one seems like an area where the Riddler might. I don't know. Does the Riddler like journalists? He doesn't seem like he would, but. Well, and that's maybe like, that's the only, that's the closest they come to like an interesting critique of QAnon in the whole movie is like the Riddler sort of being this attack dog against all of the elites. And he doesn't have a strong, like he doesn't really have a strong, like sense of, of, proportion or judgment as to like who he targets like he's just going after all of them and if they you know, right because he, they he's did fine killing he can... bruce wayne because his dad was involved mm-hmm. right like that's where he starts to become like 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 deranged and that's that's a piece that i could believe like that's like that's a legit bad guy thing to do and, and it's but... honestly more of a, like a wiki leaks or anonymous uh, vibe than purely a QAnon thing. Haas just really wants these guys to be people we hate. <laughs> <laughs> it's Redditors, it's WikiLeaks. <laughs> I, I think it is, because like I said, I still stand by the idea that uh, uh, Incel Riddler is a comic book fan. That's the idea behind this. Is like, what if we made these rabid comic book fans the villain in their in the movie? I mean, that might explain why so many of the rabid neckbeardy fans had something to, to hate about it. Are, are people are people mad about it? I haven't I haven't like uh, I think track. there's a, a few select, uh, you know, hardcore nerds that are very vocal that want to hate it. But they also just might be tools of, you know, people trying to say that white people are always mad when anyone of a minority gets any power. They've been saying, I don't know. Maybe I'm saying too much. Oh, they're they're getting into like the it's these white privileged assholes. Like they're they're mad about that piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> I guess I'm I guess I'm just sort of used to it enough that I was like, all right, this is this is him sort of paying the piper. This is him. Uh, this is him. You know saying the lies that he needs to say it means the same thing with the whole knockout game thing like it's he's sort of winking at the audience like hey you guys know about the knockout game you ever heard of the knockout game (laughs) um and like everybody who's heard of the knockout game knows exactly what that is and then he's like oh but it's it's everybody it's just anybody anybody can play the knockout game um right after the knockout game clip that they show on on the tv is they um it's when it goes to that like stop Asian hate scene in the, in the train. Right. Um, it's like, it's, it's really funny how movies are doing that. It's like, it's like a movie movies. Now they move from like, okay, we're going to go from the knockout game scene to the stop Asian hate scene to the BLM scene to the, uh, in this house, we believe scene. Like, like everything is like this is like packaged now into these little, like, uh, like micro ideology things. Like, uh, oh, but but on that um, on that stop Asian hate scene, they, you know, they follow the guy out of the train, and the initiate, um, he only has half his face painted, and he's obviously very hesitant. He doesn't want to just like hurt this guy for no reason. Um, and then of course Batman comes and he doesn't have to. Uh, but 
what do you guys think of that? I thought that was kind of, I mean, that's like the, one of the first parts of the movie when we see Batman doing his thing. Um, I thought the, the, the fighting was pretty cool, but what did you guys think about that scene? Yeah, I really like his physicality. I, I, I think the, uh, the fight scenes are really well choreographed. They seem brutal and, and, and real. Like he, he takes some hits. Um, and also like, I, I just think it's a big part of his arc. I mean, because the whole revelation is like who who killed his dad and he starts the movie being like random criminals killed my dad i'm gonna go beat the shit out of random criminals <laughs> yeah. and um and you can see his like fury and his whole like vengeance thing and it's kind of childish and they sort of lampshade that like they're calling him vengeance the whole time sort of making fun of him about it and and, th- and that's what makes the that's what makes the wrap-up so frustrating because like he's supposed to realize that what killed his dad was this system. And uh, he, he just doesn't get there. Does not mm-hmm. arrive. Like what is like, you know, viewing the movie, you know, like Haas is saying sort of for what it is and, and abandoning my sort of schizo interpretation of it. What is Batman's arc in this movie? What does he learn? How has he changed? I have, I have kind of an answer for that. I think maybe it, maybe it actually fits into what you're already saying, but the, what it looks like to me is like, he goes from, yeah, he goes from beating up like petty criminals, street criminals. Uh, He goes from, you know, that one of the first lines in the movie is like, you know, the bat signal goes up in the sky. It's not only, it's not only my alert to go to work. It's also a alert to the criminals to run and hide. Um, So he's, like he's it's it seems a little cheesy to me but it, he basically goes from a fear model like he's trying to instill fear in everyone around him to doing the right thing and at the end after like the flood he's uh when he's like you know when that actually during the flood when when he when he's like pummeling that guy and everyone tries to intervene like he's doing some bad thing which i thought was funny uh <laughs> like no you can't you can't kill that guy it's like well yeah you can but um, anyway, so that guy says, uh, you know, I'm vengeance. And so it's yeah. like in that moment, Batman realizes, oh, I'm just like these guys. I'm just like the, you know, a proud boy incel MAGA chud. I don't want to be <laughs> one of them. I'm like, going to become it, hope man. Yeah. These guys were using fear and like, I shouldn't do that anymore. So yeah, then like the, the next, oh, it's just sorry. Like the next frame is like him literally holding a torch and leading. Like, he's the torch bearer now. He's leading people out. And then he has this little like moment with that girl getting on the stretcher where he's like, it's okay. I'm the hope guy now. And it's like morning. It's one of the first light scenes of the movie. Yeah. So and, like, I there's think... no good, there's no good direction to go from there. Like what is the, what is the good movie from there that doesn't just forget that all that happened? Anyway, yeah. Ross, go ahead. I think, I think the arc is supposed to be, obviously it's kind of explicitly the fear to hope idea, but um I think explicitly what he realizes is you can't like kill your way out of this problem. And so at the end of the movie, he realizes that you, you a superhero has to do some saving of people and some helping. So like he, he like part of the, the, the arc is he's kind of uninterested in his family's fortune and just wants to beat up the dudes. And, and so what ends up changing in him is he's like you know yeah we're not gonna save the world by 
um, just killing every bad guy because they're just going to keep coming. I, and on on the idea of saving, I hope in the in the next one, he's a like a youth minister, <laughs> turned his life over to saving souls. Okay, can I uh, talk about that? Yeah, go for it. Um, there is a uh, arc in this. So first of all, did you guys notice how wet the movie was? Oh yeah, it, it's yeah, very it's wet. wet. Yeah. Um, and and then um. There's also a big uh, symbolism with the water going on. So he's always wet. And then there's also the this fire. So like the light itself in the movie kind of looks like fire. And like the the only times it's daytime, it, it it's just like the sun's just coming up and it almost looks like a fire like glowing in the distance. And then there's obviously like the car chase scene where he's upside down and there's the fire and the rain at the same time. Well, so and he actually big, he has to fly through the fire. Yeah, there's this big symbolism of uh, water and fire going on. And then I noticed at the end when he uh, he essentially uh, sacrifices himself to cut the, the line down to save the people, the electricity thing. He falls into the water, is submerged, mm. comes out and immediately lights a torch and is surrounded by fire. Uh, it's a baptism of Batman. That's what this movie could be called. The baptism of Batman. I, I just got to say, I mean, this show is free guys. Like <laughs> this is good stuff and I'm not charging anything. So <laughs> yeah, Go. there's a lot of yin yang here. There's a lot of symbolism where, where Batman is, is the water and the fire and, and yeah. So anyway, it's, it's the baptism of Batman baptized with the Holy ghost. Yeah, take these take these good takes and uh, pretend like you made them up and d- tell people at church. Yeah, do that was whole, my big take from this movie. Do your next sacrament talk just about the baptism of Batman, <laughs> and then invite the uh, young men to go to go watch it with you and have them be scarred. Um, I think you know, in that vein of of baptism, I was thinking that to make the end more palatable for me. Um, because it, it did feel like it just kind of went in a different um, direction that it shouldn't have gone um, was thinking that, you know, if he had had his house in order um, that all of these things could have been avoided. Um, and, you know, I think that's obviously that's a good doctrine for us as we go out and, and judge all the people around us because they're all terrible, but you know, if, if Bruce had, there's the scene where he's talking to Alfred, right? And Alfred's like, you know, you got to go meet with these people. And he's like, I don't care about that. But if, if his whole life, if he had been meeting with those people and he had at least some semblance of intelligence that obviously he clearly does have, he could have maybe found this corruption early on, right? And he could have, with his family's fortune, um, yeah, like the final reveal is him like digging through the filing cabinet in his house. Right. Um, and it, so I, I think that's probably where the next movie is going to lead. And that, that that is much more palatable to me, you know, that that, you know, that he was baptized, that he is a new person. I think that's great. Um, I think that they still let the, the Riddler's character down. Um, and I think that him being a firefighter is a little weak, but, um, you know, moving on from being the crazy guy who's he's just, he was stuck in that, the loss, um, um, the morning, like morning, right? Like he never, he was never able to get out of morning 
and uh, you know now he's going to be able to do that. Yeah, and and I did the the kind of Hurricane Katrina scene at the end where he's on top of the sports uh, ball can, uh, container. Is that what they call him? Um, <laughs> sports ball container. Um, so he, uh, I, I thought it was a big shout out to our first responders. We love our cops and our law enforcement and our military. They're important. So thank you for your service. Everyone out there. <laughs> thank you for your service. Thank me for my service. <laughs> All right. So- Maybe someone can tell me this. This is a small thing. We, we won't spend much time on this, but I thought his name was uh, like Edward Nigma, but they called him Edward Nashton. <laughs> they went away from the Nigma family line. Yeah, is there, some, is there something about that word? Nigma these days. <laughs> you guys, maybe you guys can help me understand. Is there, is there something about that word that that you wouldn't want to put on screen in 2022? <laughs> Nigma, please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um wasn't the the Batmobile cool? Uh yeah. It yeah, kind of yeah. looked like a Ford GT40 or something it, mixed with like actually, an 80s car. It's a Dodge Charger. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a, it's an actual Dodge Charger that oh, they I couldn't tell. That the, you know they modified obviously, but um yeah, I thought that was a really cool choice just to just do a muscle car that's like not, you know, Dark Knight was obviously what is it? The military industrial Batman, mm-hmm. but this was, yeah, this was just like a car. I mean, it was really souped up, but it was. And uh, one of the other cool symbolism things of this is, and and I stole this take, but I, it's my take now. So um, is it, the Batmobile is kind of presented as a monster. Like, yeah. It kind of turns on its, like its eyes, you see it in the shadows and then it's like yeah. lurches forward and it's like barely being held on by a leash. And it's like, I was like, yes, this is it. Actually like an awesome chase scene. Um, in general, I, I like really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm partial to kind of like car chase scenes. I'm a big Fast and the Furious guy. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I am, but, uh, you know, like, you know, watching like Ronin back in the day has some realistic chase scenes. This one like felt real without being like too crazy, but then also had kind of the comic book element I liked. So I thought, I thought it was great. In the theater, it was a, you know, really good, ex- like a really good use of, of the the IMAX screen and the sound system, um, it was like yeah, the sound, the music. I felt it was a little like messy. Um, that's which is okay, but uh, it was kind of messy. But it was like I was I was totally into it. I think it's that ground ground level POV mm-hmm. inspiration. It's it's definitely you're supposed to be right in the. Seat. It's like claustrophobic. You're yeah. like stuck to the car. I I thought I was going to hate the car after just seeing like one trailer but then somewhere in like the five minute burnout he does before the car actually takes off <laughs> i began to love it um and then i yes i and I'm, I'm now a fan um yeah gradually i began to love it <laughs> <laughs> um okay so one of the one of the what has become probably the most quoted line from the movie that i've seen so far and i will just say as a quick aside I rewatched the dark Knight. The dark Knight has like 15 to 20 lines that like are, have made their way into, into the culture. Um, I'm not, I don't think this one's going to get more than a couple, but one of the ones that I know, one of the ones that I've seen quoted the most is the, the 500 followers thing. Why? (laughs) Why? That seems like it feels like a real unforced error. Like why 500? 
Like, why are they saying, and then they're presenting it as if that's a lot. Like, what's going on there? They were trying to say he's got 500 soldiers. That's what they were kind of going for. But, like, yeah, as like everyone we, okay. on the internet knows, if you have 500 followers, that translates to one or two people you interact with regularly. You know? Yeah. So, 500, like, committed, like, sign up yeah, for the Yeah, like, pay- people who are in his Discord server ready to go show up with a rifle at the sports container. Sign up for the Patreon followers. Yeah. With no benefits. Yeah. <laughs> Just a reminder, right right below, you can click. Yeah. Weekly, Weekly Haas. Haas deserves 500 followers, real fringe types. Yeah, just 500. <laughs> um, I'm going to play a little game with you guys. Uh, regarding his uh, his 500 followers, you know when they're they're looking at, at the, his computer and they're seeing what his, uh, his followers were saying to him. Uh, I'm going to read some lines. <laughs> you tell me which one did not, one of his followers did not say. All right. One, one of them said, what gauge, what caliber? Yes. Real one. That was real. Yeah, that's real. Okay. You all get points. Rifles are good. Yeah, that's, that's real. <laughs> that's also, I remember that's that one. Also real. Rifles yep. are good. <laughs> there has never been a better time. Oh, I don't know about that. I'm going to say yes, real. Yeah, real. All right. No. Yep, that was real. Oh, uh, ready and willing. Got you, bro. Real. Real. <laughs> real. All right. You guys are right. That was real. R- Riddler. <laughs> Here's one. Here's another one. Riddler. We are standing back and standing by. <laughs> no way. No, real. that's not real. That's real. It's not real. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and then the, I'll, I'll finish them off. Uh, don't forget your cling wrap. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I that one. It's and then the last one was it's a winter combat mask. They have them at Gotham Army Surplus, and they have the field jacket too. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> um, about that though, the social media stuff. That's the only um kind of element of it that kind of places it in a time. Because um, I was thinking they were going to have this was going to have taken place in the wake of of kind of the Joker's reign of Gotham in it from the Joker. I thought so, too. I thought this was going to be in the in the Joaquin Phoenix Joker verse, but it's not. Yeah. Just uh, I mean, it's just a funny decision that they have concurrent uh, properties within the same. Yeah, like the, IP, but they got a lot of Batman plates spinning. Yeah. Oh, granite. Can I try to win you over on this one being better? Yeah, sure. Okay. We already talked about it, but other than the first bank robbery scene, which I agree is an excellent scene, probably better than this movie. But other than that scene, can you name any other action scene from the dark Knight? Yes, because I just watched it yesterday. <laughs> uh, the, um, the convoy scene in the dark night is very cool. Convoy? Yeah. Flipping that truck is great. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. That the semi truck cool. head yeah. over feet. So I think, I think the biggest problem that this movie has is that it's morally incoherent. And the biggest problem that the dark night has is that it's logically incoherent. Like there's a, there's a ton of gaps where like, if you think about it real hard, it's like, how how was he right there? How did he know? How, like, 
that's a hallmark of Nolan. Right, right. And so it's just kind of a question of which of those bothers you more. Yeah. I And then, I, you know, in the Dark Knight, you know, we can get into some of this now. In the Dark Knight, they always, uh, they had the, um, the rendition scene from Hong Kong. I, I've always loved that scene. It's not a, I mean, it's not high action, but, uh, you know, they're on top of uh, the one. Of yeah, the it's more like program. stunts. Like there's just like some cool stunts, I feel like. Whereas this, I felt like there's fight scenes, there's car chases, like that type of stuff. Yeah. No, the rendition scene was, was, was pretty sick. Mm-hmm. That's a great scene. Uh, let's see. All right. I didn't do a good job winning. <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean the the texture i i thought that like the, the textures of the um like combat and the action in this one like are, the, are, the dark hallway and and the machine guns showing the lighting of the, the yeah fight. that was that was really really cool i yeah. I, I thought that well, was and it's in the theater it's like a strobe light yeah you know seizure warning on that one i guess yeah that was rad i liked that so you know um Catwoman gets better at fighting as the movie goes on. And, um, but, I, but I liked that she was relatively grounded. Like she's not, she's not competition for Batman. Like Batman does not have any trouble, you know, subduing her. Um, which like when they introduce that right off the bat, it's like, okay, this is a real movie. Like we're not, you know, we're not in Marvel. Like she's going to break his neck with her thighs land. Yeah, she's she's quite literally got to be 90 pounds. Right. She's tiny. Right. And so, you know, when she does drop a guy, it's, you know, she kind of sneaks up on him. She kicks him in the head and like, it, it, I, you know, it's in the realm of like, I buy it. And then like her, her dad, who's in his like 60s, overpowers her and knocks her down. And like, that's, you know, there's realism to it, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also liked uh, the fa- the the weird uh, nightclub. With oh the yeah, weird twin guards. There was some humor there too with the twin guards who kept getting beat up, and then they they also greeted Batman one time, and then they greeted uh, Bruce Wayne another time. Mm-hmm. I will say in general that Matt Reeves does humor better than Nolan does. I don't think Nolan actually understands what's funny. Um, but he tried. Uh, and I think, I think most of the jokes in this movie landed pretty well. Um, there's only a couple. I feel like I thought the dark Knight. um, I thought the dark Knight's a little funnier. Um, part of the, you know, cause it's the Joker and I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's just so in addition to being like, you know, creepy, he's also just like really silly and very, you know, just how he mispronounces words like on purpose. Uh, I don't know. I find that I found that I find him pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I think, I think uh, Heath Ledger was really, really funny. And that was, that was a huge part of the appeal of the character. He had really good timing, but like, yeah, his Batman was humorless and, and pretty much every other character. Um, what about Maggie Gyllenhaal? Kind of funny. Bruce Wayne's kind of funny though. He's like very intentionally rude to like, Harvey and stuff like that, but like in a funny way. I was, I was mildly bemused. Yeah. I, I think, I think, uh, I think this one is, is better at like jokes. Like, like, um, the, the Joker in, 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 uh, Nolan Batman, he's like 
kind of visual gags. Like his expressions are funny and his like, I don't know. It, it's much more visual. And I think, I think like they sort of deliver gags better in this one mm. without it being silly. Yeah. It's, it's more quippy. Um, also I, I, um, oh, I was going to say, um, Batman is a vampire in this. Oh, um, so this, is this in the twilight universe? Yeah, this is in the twilight universe. Cause Batman is a vampire. He never does anything during the day. Whereas the, the Nolan Batman's like, you know, walks around during the day. No problem. <laughs> and, and, but like, and I love how he kind of just emerges from the darkness and, uh, uh, also how like he kind of intimidates people when they're around him. Damn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Bruce makes people uncomfortable in this one. Yeah, he has like a the it, intimidation is a very uh, intentional thing he's doing. Although I will say the uh, the the scare tactics of Nolan Batman, where he's like pulling up the guy to the cliff and like screaming at him. I didn't like the growl, but like if, if he had done all that without the growl and like the the, the theatricality, this this Batman doesn't feel like he's as as theatrical like he's more like he does have kind of a gravelly low voice though it's just not quite as exaggerated i think his bail yeah he's part like of a the, believable person part of the explanation for the bail voice which yeah is i think universally considered not good uh was that like batman had to mask his voice so like he had to do it somehow right and so i guess the easy the lowest effort way to do that was just to growl, but yeah, he could have, he should have, they should have had him use his English accent for that. (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, he's, he, he kind of sounds like Alfred. He's got like a very country English accent or Welsh. I think he's Welsh. Um, one thing I think we have to get into, well, we, we definitely have to get into, um, does the movie earn its runtime? Almost. Yeah. It loses it at the end. Like basically after the climax, um, the rest of the movie, there's like no point to it. Yeah. So, so I've, I've seen it twice and I say it definitely doesn't earn its runtime. And then, and when, when you're watching the second viewing to me, it's like pretty clear. There's a lot of parts where there's a lot of fat that could quite easily be, be, trimmed um there's there's like too many instances of of batman and gordon sort of like reasoning through things that could could be done a little faster um some of the like some of their time spent just like reading the riddles and thinking about them is a little long uh conversations with catwoman kind of go on too long uh a lot of the they didn't need that i mean the studio I'm sure made them do this, but the Joker introduction thing, I mean, it's only like 45 seconds, but even like every, every minute counts. Uh, They didn't need that. I mean, Um, on that point, there was actually an entire other scene shot near the beginning of the movie where he goes and talks to the Joker. So they did cut that out. Yeah. Good for them. Um, I, I was not bored though until after they essentially, once they catch the Riddler, that's when it kind of slows down. I feel like, like noticeably, I was kind yeah. of just on board. I'm like, I'm living in this universe. I'm loving it. Well, After, because that's when yeah. they that's that's precisely when they start to like 
it, it's not just that it's like running too long. It's that at, at that that's the point in the movie where they start to undo all the work they've just done. Yeah, yeah. And in uh, the Dark Knight, like when they catch Joker, that's when the tension gets even more right. Like it, it's even heightened after that. And in this movie, it falls flat, which is another reason that the Dark Knight is a better movie. Dang it! <laughs> well, um, all, all, all the little. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Okay. After they catch the Riddler, the the parts after they catch him that he's not on screen, it's it's all kind of it's all kind of weak. I like when he's on screen. I I think he's like funny and uh, and goofy and like kind of just you want to watch him and hear his the way he says things. But uh, but yeah, everything else is is a struggle. I mean, I think that it comes in at like two hours and fifty six or something. Like if it would have been really great if they could have got it down to like two and a half. I, I like living. I mean, we a couple episodes ago we did Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. That to me is a movie that earns every minute, and you just want to be like washed over in like that synth music and like the the orange landscape and everything. But uh, this one, I, I don't feel the same way about. Again, I, I think I would have, I I could have lived in the world of Act One and Two for a long time. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. That's just. I mean, that's. That's just got to be the bottom line. I think and, is, is they 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 screwed it up on purpose. And and part of it is like almost just visually, I I enjoyed this much more than the the other Batman Batman. Um, like visually, it was much more interesting. I had much more going on. I think yeah, I think visually it's um a little more satisfying. Uh, I wonder if part of that is um just b- virtue of being like fifteen years later. Uh, I'm sure because I, because I think Tenet, uh, you know, Nolan's most recent, which I, I didn't even really like, but visually and, and auditory, like the audio and the video on that one, I think are, are just really rich. But yeah, the dark Knight's no slouch with like the IMAX and like the, the city looks, looks great. But like this one just, yeah, I found myself just being really interested in almost every shot was like really interesting. Yeah. This has like a really intense, um, a really intense, like, uh, palette or whatever that they're drawing from if i might speak just a little bit to that um yeah sure so the dark knight shot by wally fister um he later went on to want to be a director so christopher nolan ends up getting a different dp to shoot interstellar and tenant um wally fister's uh theory when it comes to how he shoots things is very um natural he calls it like uh enhanced realism i think where it's i'll I'll light a scene and then we're just gonna shoot it you know like i'm not gonna uh futz with things or adjust whatever you know it, it is what it is um this dp um who was um oh what's his name greg frazier uh he i first noticed his work went on snow white and the huntsman and which is otherwise maybe not a great movie, but it's visually very impressive. And he, I think he wants to evoke much more emotion out of the visuals. He wants the visuals to tell, kind of start to tell you how to feel. And um, yeah, so I, I, I agree that I think he's the, the DP to prefer. He's definitely like the, the visuals in dark Knight are not like painting a picture. They look good. They look good the way that like a Tom Cruise vehicle looks good. Right. Like they're, they're 
crisp and they're like pretty, but they're not, um, they're not telling a story. And the, the visuals here, it's like very, it's very like narrative and emotional. The, the dark Knight has, which has a lot of, um, like thematic similarity with, uh, uh, a nineties movie called heat. Yeah. Um, I wonder, and Casey, maybe you can speak to this if, if you're familiar with heat, but when I was watching heat or when I was watching dark Knight recently, it kind of felt like it feels a little bit like heat as well. Like just the visually, um, cause I don't think there's anything special going on in heat, like in terms of visuals. I don't know. Are you familiar with that? And do you know anything about that? <laughs> oh, Granite's, I love Granite's heat. Getting, Granite's getting a lot of heat vibes from this one. <laughs> um, not, not from the new one, from Dark Knight, though. From Dark Knight, right. Dark um, Knight's like a heat sort of an adaptation. Uh, Michael Mann, uh, director of Heat, uh, very, like, after uh, Last of the Mohicans, his style changes a little bit to become, um, like, if you could just be, like, a documentarian filming something that's really cool that's happening. Um and you can see that later on in uh, oh some of his other movies, but yeah, so it's it's very real and it's like very in the city and the like the gunfight the the last gunfight that happens in Heat is maybe one of the most impressive things that's ever been on film, and uh, you know thanks to that one actor, we're probably never going to get that again. Um, that was a reference to um, Alec Baldwin shooting. Oh yeah, we, yeah. We, we, you can oh. we we joked about him shooting a horse last episode. You can bring him up. Yeah, no, I mean he he's he's going to ruin a lot of things. Um, anyways, so no, I think I think Heat uh, very much uh, likely inspired some of the storytelling elements out of The Dark Knight. Um, kind of a realism and not necessarily a painting, like uh, Bennett said. Uh, but but Casey actually. Uh, mentioned to me that he had a different comparison for this one. Oh, for this one for I mean, the Batman. Oh, the Batman is obviously seven. Um, it's definitely inspired by seven. The first two acts are seven. It's about two detectives f- searching for a serial killer who is leaving them clues specifically. Um, and it's, it's shot in a very similar grungy, dirty style. Um, it even went through, so they shot this movie digitally. They shot the Batman digitally, um, on like one of those most amazing digital cameras that exists. They colored it and then they printed it to film and then they pulled it back in. Uh, they scanned it back in and finished it that way. Um, and they did a, what's called a bleach bypass on the film, which means that they leave some of the silver elements on the film, which leaves it kind of contrasty and bloomy. Hmm. Um, and that's. That's very much how they shot seven was they shot seven on film and they did a bleach bypass so that it's dark and gritty and contrasty and bloomy. Um, I, I would, I don't know. I, it's almost like plagiarism, except it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Right down the line. And, 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 you know, the ending of seven is that there's no, they're like, there's no answer to that guy. Right. There's no the, the ending to seven is your wife's head in a bag. And, What's in the box? And 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 this one. Uh, and it's better for it. I mean, uh, yeah, like way better. And 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 this one chickens out, but yeah. Okay, so we've been um, we've been flirting with the whole Dark Knight thing, or we've you know we've fully engaged the the Dark Knight comparison. Um, I I was gonna just go through some of my thoughts on 
on the Batman in relation to the Dark Knight. Uh, and then just like jump in wherever I'll, I'll, I'll kind of uh, communicate one of my points. All right. So I was thinking, so one thing I noticed about dark Knight rewatching it, cause I, so I've watched both these films, you know, back to back to me, the dark Knight, it, to me, it feels like it keeps some more of the elements of a comic book movie where like the, the characters are like kind of all in their like special little uniforms um, they're a little easier to like track on screen who everyone is like, you know, the uh, commissioner and the uh, each person just, it just feels, a, there's almost a little bit of like that comic book uh, frame in a lot of the dark Knight, which I feel in the bat, the, the Batman, this isn't a good thing or a bad thing between the two, just a difference, but in the Batman um, everything is just, it, it is more like a painting, everything, everyone's kind of blurring together blurring together in a sense that it's messier like you're in the dark club and it's not always obvious who's who and everything yeah and i mean even down to like i i i got confused about who was who as far as like the guy the guy who gets his face eaten by rats i didn't recognize him as the guy from the earlier scene until a little ways in um i wasn't sure that the mayor was the mayor i thought the mayor was like some campaign operative at first um because yeah, they're 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 in sort of normal outfits that a normal guy would wear, and so they're just not as distinguishable. So yeah, definitely, and and you know, yeah, I don't think it's good or bad either. I, I think it's just um, another element of they wanted to be real about different things, mm-hmm. and I I I I prefer this one from from that perspective but i don't, I don't have like a, a take on why it's better exactly i just like the things that they were more real about there's haas had his that that comment about the batman uh might not be a better movie but it's a better batman movie my and i did bring this up a little before but we can get into it a little more like my take on that is that argument doesn't necessarily work for me in the sense that in the dark knight we see like more phases of bruce wayne we see him as we see him as Batman, but we see him also as uh, like corporate Titan and we see him as um, playboy. But in the Batman, like we never even see him do like, you know, he's getting dressed and Alfred's like, oh, you're getting dressed. Are you actually going to participate in your business for a minute? And he's like, no, I'm going to a funeral. Like, does he ever do anything for his family business in the Batman? He's psychologically way younger. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously Pattinson is like a generation at least younger than Christian Bale, but, um, he's a, he's a boy in this, in this movie. Yeah. And I Haas- think is, I think that's new. I don't think there's been like a, like a, a young Batman before. Well, Batman Begins was supposed to be that right. And it kind of was, but, but, but in Christian this- Bale like is, is very obviously like 45 in that. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And then, um. Uh, this is supposedly based on two different comics, so Batman Year Two, and um, uh, which there is a Batman Year One, but Batman Year Two is like he's been doing this for a year. Wh- like, what's he up to? And then also the Long Halloween, which is much more like detective noir style. Um, and so that's kind of the vibe they brought into uh, into this movie. And I guess with with the with the um, 
Nolan Batman, like it feels more like a Nolan movie than a Batman movie at some times, other than like the Joker yeah. and, and Two-Face, like the villains are good, but, but in this, like Batman feels like Batman a lot to me, whereas less so in, in the Nolan movies. Mm. I just looked it up. They actually, are, they actually were both 35. As no, I actually film. looked that up as well. Yeah. They're Wait, the Hans, same you talked, you mentioned that last time we. We talked when they both assumed the role, they were the same age, except Pattinson can come across as 25, whereas Bale was never going to come across as much younger than 35. Yeah. And, and he just plays it with a lot more maturity. Like this, this guy is, this guy is like still figuring himself out. And that's a very like deliberate. Like you can, you can envision this Bruce Wayne. And I think one of you already kind of said this, but you can envision this Bruce Wayne, like, scrolling twitter or like going on 4chan or something yeah yeah and like he doesn't he's not like super confident around the cops like there's the scene where he goes in and the cops are kind of being mean to him and he kind of just doesn't really say anything and kind of just looks at him awkwardly like whereas like the other batman kind of is a fully like there like i'm i'm a cool guy i don't know he's he's alpha in whatever room he's in yeah yeah Oh, and, and on that, actually, something I thought that uh, the Batman did interesting. Um, Pattinson's six one, which you know is uh, taller than the Tall actual, a- yeah, and taller than the average American. But um, but they make him look huge in a lot of the scenes. Like it seems like he's just towering over people, and they make him look like they make yeah that that whole intimidation thing. He looks really big in a lot of these scenes. Yeah, Zoe's like up to his nipples in there yeah. in their in their like kiss scenes. Yeah. Into his, he's she's up to his removable bat knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him put that back, but I hadn't seen him like use it. So I was like, "What did he just put into his chest?" I was very confused by that scene. Um, so both the Dark Knight and the Batman are—they're both really concerned with like city politics. Um, and and I, and some in rewatching the Dark Knight, I think the Dark Knight's a little underrated in how how well they handle the like interplay between. Uh, the DA, the commissioner, uh, the mayor, and Batman. Um, the Batman does a little bit of this as well, but those those local politicians in the Batman are more kind of like, I mean, they all get killed, so like they're more kind of just like there they're for just a minute. Cannon fodder. Yeah, they're kind of all just kind of there for a minute before they get killed. Um, but although Sarsgard, what did you think of uh, that guy? I thought he did good, yeah. real good. Yeah. Great, great, like, like useless pussy. Yeah. <laughs> he always has these sad eyes, like he's done something wrong. Yeah. Uh, he's real good at like, he's real good at like, um, like a cuck or like a, <laughs> I'm, I'm being real. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like you feel for him. He's, he's, yeah, he's like a sinner. He's like a real bad yeah, sinner. sinner. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's really good at it. Um, but yeah, so the Batman, it kind of is more just like, there is corruption. It exists. These guys are bad. Um, the dark Knight shows you a little bit better. Like it's, you know, it's kind of got that like political drama angle to it where it's showing the actual, how the corruption is happening. It's like the wire, I guess. Oh, it's a good take. It is like the wire. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, cause the, the corruption is the, is the central, yeah. the driving one conflict in the dark Knight that I kind of forgot about or just underrated was 
uh, Dent and Gordon are constantly going back and forth about the corruption in Gordon's office. And like Dent blames him, you know, cause for getting hurt because your corrupt guys failed to, to pr- protect me. Oh yeah. And like, and, and, and Gordon is sort of like, I'm no rat. Like I, <laughs> like why I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn evidence on these corrupt police officers. Like he's like, a man's got to have a code. And that's really funny to me. Um, juxtaposed against this movie where it's like, no, you, if, if you're not, if you're not speaking out, you're, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I touched on this a little earlier. You guys can weigh in if you want, but something I think the dark Knight, and this isn't necessarily a way to judge a movie, but dark Knight has like quite a few lines that anyone would recognize. And they rec- would know that it came from the dark Knight. You got like, why so serious? Want to know how I got these scars? Well, whatever doesn't, <laughs> yeah. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stranger. Wants uh, some men just want to watch the world burn and uh, live long enough to become the villain. I mean, there's and there's more too. Like that's like a really, yeah. For like, yeah, but that's a Heath Ledger comment more than the movie. I feel no, like mm, well, I only half so. those. I, I think I think the Dark Knight is saying more and i mean literally saying more in the in the script about like it there's a lot like there's more like moral aphorisms there's more like axioms Mm -hmm. that are expressed in the script and this is more like we're just going to show you some stuff and um you're going to know what we mean yeah and i guess maybe that's why i liked it more though because like um uh, who's the director of Mad Max? I'm blanking on his name. Um, but like Mad Max director. And and that's one of my favorite action films of the last 10 years. Um, is Mad Max Fury Road. Is Great, he yeah. wanted to make movies that if you didn't speak English, you would still understand. And and like definitely I like kind of the, the show don't tell more so and kind of just like the storytelling with the visuals and and that type of stuff. That's just what I prefer personally. But yeah, it doesn't necessarily make it better or worse necessarily. But but yeah, that's I mean, good. one at, of the things I enjoyed about this one. Why I kind of gravitate towards this one. I mean, the marketing copy for the Dark Knight explicitly included a bunch of those sayings. Like they had in mind, like we're going to merchandise. Why so serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah the hero Gotham deserves all that. Um, all right. And then uh, that was kind of the last of my like dark Knight stuff. We, we I, I plan to do an actual dark Knight episode or even maybe we'll just do like the Nolan trilogy. Um, someday we'll do that on this, on this show here. Um, but if you guys wanted to, you know, I, I'd call it a draw. I mean, I see, I think I, I won't be surprised if this next Pattinson one is, a clear superior. I don't think this one was, but I think it's, you know, it's close. And I think that's an accomplishment in and of itself, especially with not having as strong of a villain, you know, like, yeah, I guess dark Knight probably still is the best Batman movie, but this is my favorite Batman movie. Yeah. They, they make a lot of choices here that they'd never made before. And I like all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so but but yeah, I, mean, I want more of it. Yeah, 
yeah, the only way the sequel, in my opinion, is going to work is if they deconstruct the silly third act, which I yeah. don't know if they're going to do. I right, um, you know. So Reeves co-wrote this with um, uh, a guy named Peter Craig. He is the son of Sally Field. Hmm. Um, hmm. I don't know if you know much about Sally Field. Obviously, super famous actress, but super. She's Gidget, uh, right? Yeah, she's and and she's also been very political. Um, she's she's very much like a a, a democratic operative. You can say libtard on this show. <laughs> well, I, I you know I I don't actually know if she is a libtard. I think she might <laughs> just be a democrat. Um, and. Uh, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, obviously. Um, uh, she also is, played Sassy the Cat in Homeward Bound. <laughs> Homeward Bound. Uh, of Homeward our, Bound of our childhood. So that's her most notable, uh, obviously. Sally Field of Homeward Bound fame. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, if we want, to, I think that's how we should always refer to her from now on. Mm-hmm. Sally Field, the lady from Homeward Bound. Um, so anyways, I, you know, the point I'm trying to make, though, is I... Nolan had themes and messaging and he was going to get those through no matter what. After the first Batman movie, the studios trusted him kind of a blank check. Um, I don't think that Reeves who, I don't know if you've ever listened to him or seen him, but he's kind of like, um, uh, like, uh, I don't know, a, a modern Mr. Rogers. He like wears kind of like this cardigan sweater and he's very soft spoken. Um, yeah, I've never seen him. I don't know who he is. I mean, I wouldn't recognize him. No, I mean, he's not particularly recognizable. He's, you know, he's a film professor, essentially. Like, I mean, that's how he comes off, um, like a film theory professor. I, I, I feel like this movie could have been the best Batman. The third act ruins it. It absolutely could be the best trilogy. But I don't know if Reeves, and particularly if they keep Peter Craig as the writer... Are going to deliver that. I think there might be too much um, saying the things that they have to say. Yeah, mm. like no one, no one had some some star power and some some you know mind control juju to to get his vision across. And I I don't think Reeves is as um I just don't think he he's as. Uh, I don't think he cares as much about the politics of this or the, you know, not necessarily the politics, but just what's actually happening. I think if someone tells him to say something, he probably won't have a good argument against it and he's just going to do it. And maybe that's maybe why I like it. So, so Nolan can get away with a lot of things. Same thing with um, Denis, who we'll call Denis because we can't pronounce his last name. Correct. Um, a good friend, Denis. <laughs> me and Denis, but, but, um, they can both get away with, um, some, some, uh, what do you call it? Dissident messaging because they're, it's deeper for them. It's more philosophical. And so they're, it's, I mean, it's just inception, right? They're going a couple layers deeper to, right. to insert the idea. Um, and I think what I've enjoyed I, I, I guess I was sort of having a uh, it's the Millennium Falcon. It's the Millennium Falcon moment where I was like, hey, 
I, you're speaking to me. I got that reference. You, you, you're on Twitter too. And, um, and I, I don't think that you can tell the truth as explicitly when you were being that forward with it. I think also part of it is the state of Batman is different today than it was when Nolan took over. Cause it was kind of a dead property when Nolan took it. And so they were just kind of like, yeah, do whatever. Let's see if, if it works. Whereas here it it's, they've never been able to kind of recover from Nolan and, and the whole justice league debacle. Like, yeah. so they're, they're like, we need this to work. Like, so don't mess it up. You know? Yes. Unfortunately, Warner brothers has a terrible history of meddling with their properties post Nolan. Um, so you know, maybe maybe they do trust Reeves after this, and maybe, you know, he delivers us something fantastic. I hope he does. Okay. Um, if there's no, no other... Uh, well, you can just bring it up in this next section. So uh, what I'd like to do at the end is just a note dump. Um, I keep notes, you know, when I prepare for these shows. I don't know, I don't know if you guys do, but if you just have little things you want to just throw out there, they don't have to be in any sort of order. They don't have to be related at all to the last thing that the last person said. So I'll, I'll just start reading through mine, but um, I'll maybe I'll read one. And then if you guys, if there's some air, you guys can jump in and read one of yours or just something that comes to mind. All right. You know, those drop head guys that, you know, the drug addicts, Mm -hmm. that kid wearing the drop head mask looked like an onion from uh, super Mario (laughs) two. I didn't get that it was supposed to be a drop head thing. I thought it was some kind of weird onion. I was like, what is that thing? Yeah, you see on a billboard that it says, uh, there's like a PSA saying stop drops or something like that. And it has a oh. picture of one of those onions. Which... Why do they always have to invent a drug? Why can't it just be Coke or heroin <laughs> or something? Why can't it just be fentanyl? The, the, the government probably says we don't want you to uh, advertise for Coke or something. I don't know. I, yeah, I like made up drugs from... Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade, the show, they they had super cool, which was cocaine <laughs> inside of pixie sticks. <laughs> super cool. Yeah. Oh, speaking of drugs, he did the uh, Batman did the uh, weird green steroids. The green he, steroids. He was that Bane juice? Stim, yeah, the stim pack. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be hinting at Bane juice venom. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I think it is Bane juice, and and yeah. Um, that's he has his freak out and they're like no Batman, don't don't freak out but like he, he needed to freak out to survive Come yeah on, guys. He, he was roid raging on that guy yeah cut him a little bit of slack that was not cool, only though. to survive but to to save uh Catwoman. right right sometimes drugs are good and you got to use them you know when alfred's like where are your cufflinks uh you can have mine and and he's like and bruce says well you're not you're not a wayne why are you wearing w cufflinks he's like you know your father gave them to me and it's like cuff links. Alfred's the link to the father, to the family legacy. Cause Alfred's much more concerned with the family legacy than, than Bruce is. Which is pretty much the same as the dark Knight. But I, 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 uh, I don't know. There's very different vibes. Alfred. You, so, so Michael Caine, Alfred is more kind of weepy and gentle. Although he hints to this like military background. Yeah. He was like much yeah. more like, outwardly physical yeah um my thought on that is what was his plan to wear a french cuff shirt and not wear cufflinks oh that that actually that that's my next point is that 
Um, I get that he's like emo, emo Bruce Wayne, emo Batman, but he has like no social grace. Like he's, he just kind of like stares at people. Uh, he's a weirdo. Yeah. He's a, you know, he, um, yeah, I love that. Not going to wear cufflinks. He's, uh, he does not behave at all. Like someone of, for money. And he, well, and like, he's not really from money. He's raised by the security guy. Yeah. Like culturally. And, and like, would a 35 year old man know that he needs to wear cufflinks to wear French cuffs? Uh, yeah. But would like a 19 year old kid, like he just sort of puts on a shirt and then an adult has to explain to him like, yeah. Hey man, you're going to need some cufflinks dummy. Presumably he went to like, you know, boarding schools or whatever, but you know, I don't know. No, I think Andy Circus just taught him to fight all the time. Uh, I wonder what they, I wonder what they ate, what they did in their downtime. Uh, hot pockets, but, um, <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So why does he let himself stand next to a bomb when he, his face is like not protected? Yeah. He, uh, he really caught a lucky break with that one. He was right, right in front of that bomb. Oh, wait, wait. I have an answer to the bomb question. He oh, had yeah. bomb repellent juice that he had sprayed. <laughs> nice. He sprayed it on his chin first. He goes back to the 60s Batman with like the shark repellent spray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Riddler has some weird theology. Well, maybe not weird. Maybe maybe a very typical theology, but he... Uh, very concerned with making a child pay for the sins of his father. I mean, I don't know, you know, maybe some, that one felt forced. It really that one did. felt like they got to pull Bruce Wayne into this some kind of way. Um, I mean, it did lead to that really good scene when he goes to meet him though, in the, in the, in the jail or in Arkham where he keeps yeah. saying Bruce Wayne. Um, dumb old then, Bruce hate Bruce. Don't we yeah. Bruce? So after, uh, after Alfred gets blown up, you know, and Bruce learns what version of the story about his parents. Um, I like how he just rushes to the hospital where his servant just took a bomb for him and then starts berating him. I just thought that was funny. <laughs> see, see, I like that. Cause that is how someone who, who's a billionaire would act. Yeah. 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 No, like, and, come on and servant. Like... I know you just got blown up, but I'm upset with how you're, with your work performance. <laughs> Can we have an evaluation right now? <laughs> um, uh, Haas, we've talked in the past about characters who don't eat their food. Riddler orders a piece of pie, never gets it, never gets to eat it. That's I, I just found that kind of sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that scene, I'm kind of upset that they showed that in the... Uh, Trailers. In the trailer, because it was kind of a big part of the trailer, and so like I knew it was coming. So mm. I, then I was like, "Well, okay." But yeah, yeah, we already, know. yeah, they, they, I, I agree with you. They shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have done that. Um, the other uh, I, made me think of. Uh, I don't know how this made me think of it, but but um, Zoe Kravitz. There's actually two scenes where she doesn't give a crap about her girlfriend. Um, the the first one is you know, when, when she first goes missing and her house is destroyed and she's just sort of like annoyed by that. She leaves the fridge open. Yeah. She's got this like kind of eye rolling attitude toward it and she gets a glass of milk because she's a cat. (laughs) And, um, and then the other one is when she hears her being strangled on her voicemail (laughs) (laughs) 
and like she just she just cannot summon even like she just doesn't care about this girl like at all and that's supposed to like it'd be one thing if like you know if that were part of the story but like her whole arc her whole mission for like two-thirds of the movie is i have to find my girlfriend i don't care about anything else i don't care what bruce is doing i just have to find my girlfriend but like whenever she actually has an opportunity to uh feel some feelings about her girlfriend there's just nothing there mm-hmm. there's a scene with uh alfred I, I can't even i can't remember what bruce asks him but but alfred's answer is that he's he says i'm thinking about my time in the circus which I assume was a joke to his name being Andy Circus. Yeah, that didn't make sense because he's solving a puzzle. I was like, he's just what? like jo- he's just like joking with him. He's like deep in thought, and and Bruce is like, "What are you doing?" or something. And he, you know, my time in the circus. Yeah. Um, all right. And then so there's that scene where Batman, for no reason, just goes, "Edward from Breaking Dawn." <laughs> Edward from Twilight. <laughs> Remember that scene. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. I do. Um, Riddler was an accountant, right? Yeah. Um, he may have been a data scientist. A, a data scientist. Accountant. Forensic accountant. So uh, if you remember back to the Dark Knight, uh, Coleman Reese, he's an accountant as well. Um, they don't like accountants in these uh, Batman movies. They're weirdos. Bean yeah. Bears. And he works for like not KPMG, but like KTMG or something. <laughs> So you're saying you're pro accountant? Oh, I mean, sometimes you got to count some stuff, and I I've don't never know. met an accountant I liked. Granted, just understands the accountant. I think is more. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're all criminals. Some of them, I assume. I mean, are good, are good people. <laughs> I mean, like if they're criminals, they're maybe not like deranged, like seven style notebook criminals, Zodiac killer criminals. Um, we have to ask ourselves, this is my next one, but we have to ask ourselves, you know, that mayor who got killed, he was running for reelection, right? Right. So who, who benefits from that? I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, uh, Riddler, he said, he's like, he's like, yeah, uh, you know, Bella Royale, she's, she's going to win, but can she really bring change? You know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe he was working for her. I mean, she wasn't, I'm sure, but he wasn't, I'm sure. Okay, so in The Boys, you you guys are familiar with The Boys? Yeah. Amazon show. There's an AOC figure who it turns out is bad. And her power is she explodes heads. Spoilers for The Boys. Um, And so I think that you, I think you could make a case that they're setting up Bella Real to be not all that she's, you know, portrayed to be. I, I, like, if if they really are going to make her like, the, like, I don't, I don't understand where they could possibly go from this if, like, she's the good guy. Yeah, she's, she's off-putting, you know, so maybe they are, maybe they, uh, they do want her to be kind of the, uh, yeah. Hey, Bruce, how's the funeral? You should give me money. <laughs> yeah. Very obnoxious. Uh, nice touch. How that cop had to provide some like blue collar wisdom so that, so that Batman could figure out the carpet thing. 
Yeah. A, a much better moment than when uh, Catwoman a- asks him if he's a rich white privileged kid. Um, yeah. A much better way to say, oh, he is a privileged kid because he doesn't know what this thing is. Yeah, it's like a show versus tell. You know, that was right. a show instead of a tell. Um, and the uh, and most of the people in the audience, like it's a it's a it's a little present to a, a working class viewer. You know. Yeah. Like you know what this is. You're not yeah. a dumb idiot asshole like Batman is. Yeah. Yeah. I knew what it was. <clears throat> I knew what it was because yeah, my dad's installed some carpet. There you go. Anything else you guys got? That was the that was the end of my list. Uh, we, well, I mean, I figured you were going to hit this before, but use of music. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I thought the music was just killer in this movie. I dig the main theme a lot. It's still stuck in my head. It's great. And it's very simple. It's, uh, it might not be the most original. I'm sure there's other things that are sound just like it, but, um, it's, uh, it's very simple and very, yeah, it gets stuck in your head. The use of something in the way was a really good. I, I, I it really worked for me. Yeah, some, and, yeah. Uh, which reminds me of his scene with, well, sort of his unspoken relationship to the mayor's kid. I thought yeah. that was really resonant. That really, that really worked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a, I was a fan of the music. I went back and listened through the soundtrack. Um, not much else stands out besides that main theme, but, but not bad. You didn't, so I, I guess I'm the only one who who liked the uh, the Godfather love theme. I can't, rem- I can't, I'm not remembering it, but I'll I'll go back. It didn't jump out to me, but it's this very like it's it's a very it's almost it's like oh I'm in a '70s film, I'm in a I'm in a '70s like noir film, um, because when they're when they're kissing. Or, or they're having a romantic moment. It's always this like tinkling piano thing. You'll have to go back and listen. I yeah, I, I fully intend to watch it again. Um, yeah, it's actually it's interesting because so many, even big event movies, fail to generate any music that is memorable. Um, but I think this one will will be around. I think the you know this will people will find places to use this maybe at like sporting events or something. It'll be, you know, some sort of hype music or sure. some scary music that people will use. Um, all right. Uh, anything you, else? Oh, yeah. You did mention the Imperial March, but yeah, there's kind of like a Darth Vader element. Yeah. To Batman in this. On a, um, a technical level, I thought it was really interesting that they used, um, they used lenses that were going to be, discarded by the house or sent back to the manufacturer from the rental house that they used um, because they wanted, they wanted to have that kind of grungy grainy look. Um, And the thing about lenses is like any competently made lens when the iris, you know, the thing that lets in the light um, when it's a little bit closed, so it's not letting in all the light that it can pretty much any, any competently made lens will look very similar. It'll be pretty sharp around, um, you know, in the middle and on the edges, but they, they used these all wide open. So they were letting in as much light as they could. Um, and I thought thematically that was very interesting because that's kind of what the Joker was doing or asking was that you let all the light in. And when you do let that light in, it shows all of the flaws and all of the, the imperfections 
when you talk about old lenses, they'd have like small scratches or something on the glass. Yeah, and they uh, like you know the the glass elements inside. You know, sometimes there's a, a dozen glass elements inside of a lens, and so they might not be all aligned quite um, right. You know, after you use them on sets for years and years, they, you know, they, mm-hmm. they have a, a tendency to to need to go back and be recalibrated. Yeah, and you um, you you called him uh, the Joker just there, which I think is was relevant because um, a oh, lot of. Right a lot of criticism of this Riddler character is that he's sort of like, just kind of like another Joker. Uh, he absolutely is like, I mean, even, you know, the, 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 the point where he gets captured on purpose um, to have the rest of his plan unfold in front of Batman um, yeah. is, is very much like the, uh, the dark Knight. It, good catch. Is the and Riddler he, gay for Batman? <laughs> I mean, he's not, not gay. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, he's in love with Batman. I think that's clear. I think that's fair. Um, unambiguously, but, but the, the, uh, I I think you have to be like a pretty, a pretty strong actor to come up with like really meaningfully distinct ways to be like a scenery chewing maniac. If that makes sense, like, Mm -hmm. sure, like, you know, if, if he's going to be like a, a an obvious nutcase, um, there's a little bit of constraint to that and like ways you can play it. And so I think he's different enough that I, I sort of give him a pass for that. Like he needs to be crazy or like the, the only way you can make the Riddler uh, a, a, like a, a believable, real scary villain for a, for a real movie like this is to make him a serial killer and make him kind of unhinged. Right. Um, I guess you could do Kevin Spacey and, and, and have him be like really soft spoken and really like superficially normal sounding. Um, but then how do you do all your ISIS videos that Mm -hmm. drive the, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's lots of, uh, lots of constraints on the character. So I'm kind of fine with him being like the Joker. Hmm. Well, um, on the, on the, on the topic of the Riddler, um, I think I'll, I'll wrap it up here and just say that, um, you know, these bizarre low effort riddles that he wrote truly are the language of the unheard. (laughs) I, so I, I do have one more thing. Yeah, go for it. Um, the fact that, and it's just another another piece of the puzzle that's like he's clearly, like the people who wrote this movie are aware of Alex Jones, like obviously, and mm. like not not aware just in the sense of like they've watched M- MSNBC and and been told that he's nuts, like they're aware of the arguments, because the the fact that all of the corruption. And the whole conspiracy is run out of an NGO slush fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they explicitly are like, elections don't matter. Falcone's been the mayor for 30 years. Um, you know, it, it's too... It's too real. It's too close to real life for me to think that they that they really intended the, this, this movie to conclude the way it did. Un- unless unless it's going to be um, a false awakening. And in the next movie, 
you know, um, Batman's trying to work within the system and it turns out that, oh, I mean, you know, the fact that we didn't actually get all these people, you know, matters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and, um, like, it, it, it turns out that, like, all the disaster cleanup and all the National Guard and all the, all the federal funding that came in to save the flooded city, um, didn't get used to save the city and 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 these you know schmucks are still in charge and they're richer than ever yeah yeah that's a good point i mean it's uh you could you could choose to view it as being very much about uh real that real stuff going on i don't know how many people will will pick up on that but it's a good reading you can cut this little tidbit out cause I have nothing really to say about it, but the people that died like the mayor, John Mitchell and um, Peter Skarsgård's character, Charles Coulson, those are all like Nixon's pals names. Oh really? Oh yeah. See, they do this a lot. They want to flip it around and they want to be like, 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 Whoever, whoever's supposed to be the bad guy is like the opposite of who it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. Or they want it's Yeah. Like they want, it's like a misdirection. Like they, we want you to, th- we want you to think it's these, this, these past regimes that, uh, were bad, even though the behavior we're describing is still happening under, you know, the people that we, you know, do fundraising for. <laughs> Right. And, and I, I, I gotta think that's a dog whistle, right? That's like, I, I don't know. I, I keep belaboring that point out. That's enough about that. But I, I, I think he's on side. Do you guys think that with the next Batman movie, like the Batman movie, we'll know for sure if like what Reeves actual intentions are, or is it just going to be kind of middling like this one? I, I would doubt, I doubt it doesn't feel like you can ever be, you can ever just, I would doubt it. I doubt they can, you can say it clear enough that it's uh, unambiguous. I think he could do it. I don't, I don't think he'll be permitted to. All right, cool. Well, thanks guys. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. And Haas has gone to sleep. He might have Haas. Are you there?
Christus.